The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode of the Heat Check, we talk about the Lakers' meltdown against the Oklahoma City Thunder, what that means for the purple and gold going forward. Oh no, things you, as a Portland Trailblazer, just hate to see. The most Russell Westbrook game I've ever seen in my whole life. We delve into the new look Cavs. Are they real? Are they fake? And we also get into some questions from the DMs. So let's drop that motherfucking beat. are going swimmingly in Boston, aren't they? First week of the season. The more things change, the more things stay the motherfucking same. Get rid of Danny Ainge, you fire Brad Stevens, you move him up to the top of the food chain, you hire a brand new coach that's supposed to be a hard rock, basically shit-talking his players anytime they do anything wrong, and, you know, what do you get? Everything the same. Celtics are two and three, to start the season. And other than the fact that their head coach, Ime Udoka, can't figure out who's going to be in the lineup, there are two big reasons why things are going so wrong. One, I mean, if you know me, you know what the number one reason is. It's Marcus Smart. I've been saying for a very long time, Marcus Smart's got to go. Marcus Smart is not a point guard that any winning franchise should have starting leading, or being paid. Marcus Smart should not be paid this much money. I say you should trade him. And everybody's like, Trista, you're crazy. You're so mean. He's the lifeblood. He's the culture. He is the heart and soul. He is a chucker. He is a bona fide chucker. I don't know if you know what that word means, but it means he takes a million shots and they don't go in. And he keeps on chucking. What did I fucking say? His exact same player who's like, oh, Marcus Smart looks amazing in training camp. He looks phenomenal. He's shooting well. He's slashing. He's playmaking. He is our guy. The dude is shooting 23% from three right now. He's shooting seven threes a game. A guy shooting 23% from three that's not in a slump should be taking zero threes a game, not seven. And it's like a good thing that that Marcus Smart is, you know, balancing out his three-point shooting woes with being 
a leader, leading from the front. You know, not like missing flights or anything like that after signing his massive contract having to be suspended for a game. Like, it's not like he does that systematically. And then secondarily, the next problem is my guy Jalen Brown, who I really hate to say anything negative about because he's just honestly a, a consummate pro. But he is such a roller coaster, maybe the most inconsistent player in the NBA, up and down. His new coach, Ime Udoka, just blew him up in the press about how much of a roller coaster ride Jalen Brown is. 46 in the opener against the Knicks. That's like, okay, everybody was saying Jalen Brown looked good in preseason as well. Okay, if we're getting 46 in the opener in double overtime, you got me. Then the next game, nine against the Raptors. Then the next game, he sat with knee soreness. That's not good. 30 against the Rockets, and then 13 against the Washington Wizards. Welcome, folks, to the Jalen Brown experience. You never know. Betting Jalen Brown is something you don't want to do. That prop is a nightmare. Ime Udoka said this about Brown. He described his inconsistency as kind of mind-boggling. That... Honestly, I had to look back to make sure that we were talking about the same thing. Like, oh, no. You do not want your head coach to describe your play as mind-boggling when it comes to negative things. Like, you want him to be like, man, his playmaking is mind-boggling. Like, the things he can do, I don't even know how to comprehend or put it together into my brain. No, no, no. Your inconsistency as a pro basketball player is actually makes my brain hurt like I had a Slurpee from 7-Eleven. It's more mind-boggling than that. He said this, it's tough. I see his inconsistency as well. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. I'm trying to ramp him up during the game, pump him up to get going. Are you kidding? Excuse me, are you kidding me? Did he just say I'm trying to pump him up during this guy? Are you serious? When your coach is saying I'm trying to find new motivational tactics throughout the game to get my star player going and I'm struggling to find solutions (laughs) to be effective at that thing for him to be consistent on the floor, that does not seem to be a winning formula to me. The world wanted to know whether Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum function well together, and I have said for a very long time the answer is no. Man, I don't know which one needs to go, but it does feel like it's Jalen. Jalen is way too talented to need to be cheered at, yelled at. Is it carrot? Is it stick? Is it 40% carrot? Is it 60% carrot? Like, you're literally trying to find. You've got Ime Udoka, the fucking alchemist over here, trying to find, like, a potent cocktail of how to motivate Jalen Brown. Folks, I'm not even making this up. This is comedy. This is not a great sign when a guy who should score at at will needs sets run for him in order to get him going. Yudoka said he thinks Jalen should get to the line early to get his mindset going. Are you fucking serious? Name me another all-star that needs that besides Ben Simmons. Well, actually, that's probably the the actual antidote for that. I mean, this is that's the opposite. Like, Jalen, when he is on, he's unstoppable. Mm -hmm. But 
there's something going on now. Because there's no other elite players going from 40 to 9 to 27 to 4. Like, that's just not in a span of, like, a week. So this, to me, means, yet again, things you hate to see, more uncertainty in Boston. Let's be honest. Things aren't, and they aren't, going to be good this season. This is not a team that's going to contend. Truthfully, like, everyone's laughing at them. Everyone's laughing at you, Boston. Like, you've got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and everyone's laughing at you. You are a fucking joke. You are Jokeville, USA. The roster is strange. Your GM is a mess. When Dennis Schroeder, when Dennis, Dennis fucking Schroeder is your bright spot, you are in trouble, trouble. More news around the league. Speaking of teams in trouble, did you see the Lakers last night? Oh, my God. Without LeBron, now we know what the Lakers are. They suck. (laughs) I mean, I've known that. We've known that. I mean, you don't want to be like the one standing on the rock too early, but you don't want to be too late. And we've all sort of known this was coming. And before the... The Lakers played the Oklahoma City Thunder. I knew something was off because Vegas had the line at five. Okay, let me just be very direct. The Rockets beat the Oklahoma City Thunder by, I want to say, over 30 points. Yep, 91 to 124. Okay, so the Houston Rockets, no one's expecting a goddamn thing from. They beat them by over 30 points. Okay, so then the line for Vegas... Los Angeles Lakers, five points without LeBron. I'm like, this is suspect. Something is either very disrespectful, which I love. I love when Vegas disrespects the Lakers. Because Russ is cooking without Braun, and Anthony Davis is going to play. And, yeah, they immediately came out swinging. Up almost 30 with a 99% chance of winning at halftime. And, 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 folks, they lost that game. They lost that game. The Lakers lost. Wee-oo, Lakers lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. It was so embarrassing. You had multiple Hall of Famers, former Lakers being like, these motherfuckers need to hit the Greyhound. Like, we shouldn't even let them take the team plane. I didn't make that up. That's a real quote. They blew a 26-point lead against the worst team in the NBA, and it was delicious. It was. It was a prototypical, prototypical Russ game. 20 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, and oh boy, yes, 10 turnovers. (laughs) A quadruple double. You got it. Do you know how embarrassing that is? You are the Los Angeles Lakers losing to a team actively trying to tank. I know you're going to be like, yeah, 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 Trista. It's one game. You can't say it's rock bottom. It's game five. But this team has too many problems right now for me not to say, you are fucked. You can't defend your 25th ranked overall. You gave up all your defenders. Alex Caruso, KCP, basically everybody who's now on the Wizards. They are also, you are also a awful shooting team. You cannot shoot at all. LeBron James is your best shooter. Yuck. That's true. You have atrocious spacing. You're pretty tiny outside of Trevor Ariza and your little, like, the cute 
Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan thing where they don't really even play. And these issues are not easy to fix. You brought in a bunch of 2012 All-Stars on league minimums, can't defend their prime, so they can't defend now. You can't stop runs from other teams. You're way too streaky. You cannot shoot. You shot 68% in the first quarter against OKC, then bricked the rest of the game. My guy, Carmelo Anthony, had an open three, wide open three, to tie the game and miss that motherfucker by three feet. He literally didn't even hit rim. Didn't even hit net. Shaq said that that was the worst miss in Carmelo Anthony's career. You got a guy named Reeves. Have you ever heard of him? I haven't. He's getting 20 minutes a game. (laughs) Reeves. Some random, generic player 2K, my player, white boy that you've never seen before, Reeves. Like, that's not a fake, that's not a real person. Kent Bazemore is starting. Kent Bazemore was a laughingstock of a lottery team in Golden State. Avery Bradley, who was waived by Golden State, is also getting significant minutes. This is comical. This is... So bad, but no one, everybody's like, la, 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 it's fine. Ah, la, la, we got LeBron. You are terrible. Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook wants to run wind sprints for 48 minutes. No one can keep up. Literally like, Russ, can you fucking slow down so we can catch these passes from you? No, you need to catch up with me. He even said that. They're just learning my speed. No one has ever known your speed, Russ. You're a Tasmanian devil. Literally, that'd be like Usain Bolt being like, they're just learning my speed. They just got to keep up. No one is keeping up. Listen, LA has done exactly nothing to assuage anyone's doubts. What have they done in the preseason or in their first five games that gives any Laker fan hope that this is going to work out? Russ picked up a technical foul at the end of the game because the Lakers were so lazy that with four seconds left to go, they just, like... Threw an inbound pass, just wild, so lazy. Darius Baisley intercepted it like a DB in open space and dunked. No time left. And Russ was like, that's fucking garbage. No, no, Russ. Let me tell you what's garbage. You are garbage. This is what he said. We're old school. When shit like that happens, I don't let it slide. I take it on the chin and move on. In the game of basketball, there's certain things you don't do then there's certain things you don't do in sports. Game's already over, and I didn't like it. Simple as that. You know what I don't like? I don't like unwritten rules. I don't like poor sports. You, Russell Westbrook, are offensive, not the move. That pass was offensive. That fourth quarter was offensive. Your second half, offensive. All of the moves that the Lakers made in the offseason, absolutely disrespectfully offensive. So if you want to get mad, Russ... Get mad at your 10 turnovers. I don't know. Get mad at Carmelo Anthony airballing a tying three by three feet. Or Malik Monk going one for five from three. Or, I don't know, just all of the moves that Rob Plinka has made. LeBron cannot be happy watching this shit show in his little crop top sweater. He cannot be happy with that. He's got to be planning out a new movie like Space Jam 4 has got to be on the way. He's like, I'm just trying to get Bronny into the league. Honestly, I could retire right now. Five games in, he's not even playing. 
his ankle injury that he said he would never be 100% again is now already giving him fits after he didn't play basketball for an entire two months during the offseason. Said he never touched a basketball so that he could fully rehab, get back in shape, get back to 100%, and now he's out with the same fucking injury. Rut row. Buckle up, Laker fans. It is going to be delightfully disastrous in La La Land. Oh boy, we gotta talk about the calves. Gotta talk about them. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. As George Bush says, it's it's a week into the season, and they look good. Cavs look good. I was, though, duped before, folks. I have been duped by the Cavs. They, I ate the garbage last year. They were 4-2, and two, and I was like, oh, yeah, Sexland. Sexland's fucking amazing. Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, put them together sex land that's the best backcourt name of all time i am fucking in get me season tickets to Cavs games no then they proceeded to go out and like win i don't know 25 games so yeah that wasn't a great prediction not all my predictions are so now that the Cavs are three and two and on a three-game winning streak they beat the the clippers the nuggets and the hawks holy shit and how do you do it, they ask? Was it sex land? It was not sex land. They had held all of those teams, all of those high-flying teams, under 100 points. The Hawks and Trey Young had 95 points. Jokic and the Nuggets at home scored 87. Paul George and the Clippers, who scored a measly 79 points. I mean, the Clippers had that many points through the third quarter against the Blazers. So, Yeah. This is a different team, a different style of play. What are they doing? They're doing something that, I don't know, nobody crazy or brave enough has done. They've rolled out three or four seven-footers at the same damn time on the floor. All of these seven-footers, though, like you would think, okay, how does this work? I mean, that's what I thought. All of these seven-footers are different. They all have different skill sets, and because of that, they're spacing the floor really well. And, listen, I didn't see it coming. Have you ever seen, like, a series of individual decisions that just didn't make sense? And you're, like, questioning every single piece of the puzzle until they come together and you're like, oh, that was that. Like, you got Jared Allen in a trade. You locked him down long term. Nice piece. But you did already have uh, Andre Drummond and Larry Nance Jr. and Kevin Love getting paid, like, $30 million a year. Then... Okay, you get rid of Andre Drummond, you keep Kevin Love's fat ass, then you draft Evan Mobley. It's like, well, that, I I don't know, I don't know, what what are they doing? This is the most Cavs move I've ever seen. You already have Jared Allen, why would you need Evan Mobley? Like, everybody knows, like, Southern California players, like, they don't hold up. And then, and then inexplicably signed Lowry Markkinen in free agency. And then it was like, I am starting to self-destruct. I really do not know how to comprehend what they are doing in their heads. What is going through their mind? What are you doing, Cleveland? How is the spacing going to be? Who is who is going to be at what position? You literally have two spots for five guys. What? 
How, where are you putting Larry Markkinen? He can't defend anybody. Larry Markkinen is a trash-ass defended, defender. Well, if he's a four or a five, he's trash. If you use him at the three spot, he's a fucking demon. How is Mobley going to guard bigger fives? Are you really going to put him on the floor at the same time? Like, are you playing three big men? What's happening with Kevin Love? Like, but somehow, some way, Jared Allen at the five, Evan Mobley at the four, and Laurie Markinen at the three is actually somehow maybe unguardable? Like, maybe unscoring on themable? <laughs> People are noticing. So when asked about the all-big lineup, Jared Allen said this in the post game because they are running through teams. Well, we just have a lot of versatility that can bring us far. I'm the defensive guy. Evan's the rookie of the year. Going to be. I want him to be. And Laurie can shoot the hell out of the ball. So you got a rim protector. You got a huge athletic wing like Chris Bosh and Evan Mobley. And he can cause havoc. A sharpshooter. He can gun over any small forward in the league. And then they are meshing in their three-game winning streak. The trio has combined for 20 blocks and steals. All three are averaging double digits on offense. Nick Batum was in prison uh, against Devin Mobley. He's like, yo, they got Markinen at the three? I mean, that's unusual for sure, a seven-footer. Uh, but, you know, we got to face that to win a game. Mobley's doing great things for yesterday. He's like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, he's seven feet tall. I'm 6'8", and I'm playing five. He is a a three. Nick Batum, in the age of small ball, is like, I don't even know what to do with this. Like, this dude shouldn't even be on the floor in small ball lineups. And they are getting murked. Hard to get rebounds when three long athletic seven-foot monsters are boxing your ass out. And the Clippers did get out-rebounded 57-36. to 36. Hard to get your shot off over someone with an eight-foot wingspan. It's like a step back. He puts, he like steps forward one, and you are blocked. Even worse, trying to get a ball off around the rim. Imagine, imagine crossing over, cooking somebody, getting past a seven-footer. You're feeling real good. You get to the lane, and there's another seven-footer right behind him, and then another seven-footer right behind him. An impenetrable wall. Demons. Demons. Then you add in Ricky Rubio who seems to have found some, he's the Colin Sexton whisperer, apparently. Like, he's like, Colin, pass the ball. Colin, everyone's making fun of you. Colin, if you want to be paid, you got to play like this. You can't just be chucking from half court whenever you want. We got three other guys here. And then you've got Kevin Love shockingly resurging. I don't know what he's doing. 11-7-3. That is me. I am super confused. I stayed up all night last night looking for Cavaliers podcasts on Spotify. <laughs> Turns out there's not many of them. There's not a lot of Cavaliers breakdown. So what do we make of them? I don't know. They are like the real-life Monstars. <laughs> That's what they are. Imagine if the Monstars came to life, came to Earth, and then put on, I think they call it wine? Wine. Yeah, wine and gold. Because last year I bought in predictably. I ate the garbage in the Cavs. They hurt me. They made me look ridiculous. People still in my mention being like, remember when you thought the Cavs were good? Ah, you're stupid. You know, like 10-year-olds. <laughs> Who's here for the Cavs when they win 20 games? Like, you'd think they've turned the corner, but it's like, really, they just have Dan Gilbert as their owner and they go back to their stupid ways. But, you know, 
even though I'm a child of trauma, I want to believe I have optimism in my soul. And this feels different. I feel like they could have turned a corner. But let's wait another couple of weeks and check back because it is Cleveland and I have been fooled before. Let's get into some DMs. It's been a while since we've done this. Uh, let's do it. Who is the funniest player in the NBA right now? Well, there's only one player that comes to mind. Just provides constant hilarity, constant. I mean, he gives zero fucks, this guy. Like, he will cuss right to the media. It's almost like um, that PR person. They never quite got to Ant. You know, they never quite got to him. Or they did, and he was like, yeah, yeah, no. Nah, baby girl, I got this. Like, (laughs) I got this. He's just joyfully, blissfully disregarding all of the, like, quote-unquote suggestions that are really requirements on, like, how to deal with us. So, yeah, no one gives funnier quotes than Aunt Edwards. This is what Aunt had to say throughout the year. The, The most recent one was about the Wolves' defense. How do you feel about the Wolves' defense this year, Aunt? Man, we walk, we lock up. I don't care what anybody says about us. We play the best defense in the league, and I stamp that. He starts laughing. We're going to have two, three people on all defense, and I might be one of them. I mean, yeah, we let Giannis get 40, but we still won. So our game plan kind of worked for show. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Ant, what do you think about Giannis scoring 40, 16, and 7? Well, you know, with a guy like that, you can't stress about him scoring. That's what he's going to do. Motherfucker's like 7'2", 280 pounds. Shit. Shit. We put four people on him and he'll still score the ball. Like, what are you talking about, Aunt Edwards? Hey, uh, Aunt, um, we noticed that you're always uh, bringing the guys up. How do, you, how do you make sure that the team brings the same energy? Well, I talk my shit before the game. I put on rap, put on put on little baby, rap the lyrics, that'll get everybody hype. We up. It's time to go. You read them and you're just like, this is these are real lyrics. These are not the onion. They asked him about Wancho Hernan Gomez's shooting. Yeah, Wancho can Wancho can shoot the piss off the ball. He can shoot the hell out the ball. I tell Wancho, if you can catch the ball open and don't shoot it, you losing money. That's easy. That's simple. That's what you get paid to do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. Wancho should shoot the ball a lot. Uh, he says on getting his own shot in the NBA, you know, it's hard to guard screens in the NBA. Them dudes big. Them dudes setting screens, they be big. Once I watch enough film on that, it'll become easy for me because I, I, I'm pretty big also. <laughs> we didn't catch that. Were you, are you big? Yeah, Edwards. Ant has grown two inches since he got into the league, I have to remind folks. He's managed to turn something that we all know is going to be bland and boring into, like, must-see, must-listen. There was another time where Ant Edwards had Popeyes uh, on his chair, and they asked Ant, like, what do you got there? And he's like, ah, I brought Popeyes. And they're like, Ant, where do you rate the fries? And he's like, top foe for show. And he's like, Ant, it's either top three or it's top five. Top four? Like, top four is not a ranking system that we use, but he just made it up. So, to me, even though he's averaging 25, 8, and 4 this year, I think his quotes make him maybe the funniest guy in the NBA by himself. 
Who are your top 10 players, 25 and under, in the NBA right now? Super hard list. There's going to be people who are mad about this because there are players that are going to be left off. The first player that will be left off that I just have to get it because don't wait for him. He's not coming. He's not going to be on the list. I know you're going to be like, oh, Trista, he's, she's setting us up for anticipation because she's always slandering him. And you know what? She's always saying he's not in shape. And she's always saying he eats too many beignets. Maybe he'll be 10 in the top 10. No. Zion's not on this list, folks. He's not coming. He's not going to be there because Zion is, is fat. Zion is, is injured all the time. Did you see him in his, uh, his he had the, uh, what's it called? The anime vest on. He looked like he was about to bust out of the buttons. He is not. Back to the list. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to go Trey Young. He's 23. I mean, he's just regular. Anybody who can nutmeg on the regular and transition, just electric. Leader, gritty, you know, shutting down Madison Square Garden, an elite shooter, phenomenal passer, chip on the shoulder. I mean, you never know when he's either going to throw a lob or a floater. I mean, I love Trey Young, especially because he's tiny. He is, if you saw him walking down the street, you wouldn't know that he was a basketball player. Incredible. For someone to be able to do all of those things against guys like Evan Mobley, Laurie Markinen, seven-footers on a regular basis, just cooking, weight shift, incredible. Next up is Luka. I mean, Luka is top ten at any age, no matter if it was 30 or under or 40 or under. Or like Luka's an all-time best player. His passing, I've never seen a person pass quite like Luka. And, he, you know, Dallas is not a good team. He can take this team to incredible heights. He's great. I mean, you saw what he did with Slovenia. That team should not have gone as far as they did. Uh, incredible at getting to the rim. How big he's, he's also a big boy. You know, he has is shockingly fast for how big he is. Elusive. And it'd be like if someone who was 6'8 patterned their game after Harden and actually executed, that's Luka. Uh, Ant Edwards, like I said, just nobody plays like Ant. Like, there's nobody who likes contact as a basketball player more than Ant Edwards. He's explosive. He can dunk over anyone. Underrated shooter. Must-see TV. Uh, next up, LaMelo. I think we're in a renaissance for passing, but LaMelo's like a quarterback out there. He can not only thread the needle, but he can lob the entire length of the floor and drop it in the bread basket for a layup. I mean, there's just so many highlights just like that. Shooting underrated, especially since that was the knock on him. He's got bounce. Like, he is so tall for, for a point guard. Can do so many things on the court. His vision is, is incredible. I think he's going to be probably one of the faces of the league. Speaking of faces of the league, next player up, Ja Morant. Ja, ja is AI. In 2020, Jaw can do everything. Like he dunks on people, and he is tiny. He is, like, not only is he somewhat short, he's pretty thin, too. He's got a chip on his shoulder, unapologetically himself, swag, insane bounce, can lead a team on his back. He can pass. He can shoot. Once he can shoot free throws in the clutch, once he can shoot deep consistently, he might actually be a legitimate contender for an MVP. 
Maybe the most underrated player in the league is probably Ja. He even told Chris Haynes the other day, it took me averaging 35 a night in order for me to get any all-star consideration. Uh, SGA, SGA also very underrated. The guy plays in the worst market in the NBA, and yet still people are tuning in for him. Infectious. He's having fun playing for Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, imagine having fun there. He's 6'6", but he plays like he's 6'8", 6'9". He can knock down threes. He can take the ball to the rim. He's really nice around the rim, too. He can pass. He's just mellow. He got, I would say, really took a step when he got mentored by Chris Paul. And he's got rare confidence for a guy that's that young. Uh, Next up on the list, Donovan Mitchell. (sighs) Sheesh. He is... can we stave Donovan Mitchell from Utah? Can we can we just take him out of there? Because he has the ability to do things that would look good in Madison Square Garden. You know, he has the ability to make plays defensively. He's an underrated passer and a playmaker. He's got nasty handles. Hits big-time shots. He can create space over those bigger defenders. He's tenacious. He, I mean, he doesn't. He can't see out there. He said he needs glasses, and he's doing all of this. So the only real reason that he's not higher on everybody's list is you just forget about him because he's in Utah. Devin Booker sort of shouldn't make the list because he's just turned 25. But, uh, I mean, he's maybe the best two-guard in the league. He's I – mean, you saw what he did in the finals. Two-way – He can put up huge numbers on massively tense moments, take teams, put them on his back. People legitimately shit on him for reasons that were not in his control because Phoenix was terrible. He took a leap forward with CP3. I think Devin Booker is going to take another step into the public consciousness. People are going to talk about him even more. And I think maybe because he's a pretty boy, maybe because he likes to shoot jumpers and not particularly efficient from three, People sort of slander him, but his footwork is insane. His footwork, speaking of footwork, Tatum is the next player on the list. He's got like an unlimited bag. He has maybe one of the smoothest players in the league. I mean, next to KD, he's probably the best scorer in the NBA. He's only 23. He's 6'8". First step, deceptively quick. I mean, he's just... He's so fun. When he's cooking, I don't even know what his ceiling is. Somebody asked me last year, who is who would you rather take, Luca or Tatum? And I said Tatum just because of his position. But, man, that's a tough call. First team All-NBA for years and years, I'd say, is his ceiling. Uh, finally, DeAndre Ayton, this, that last spot was tough. Because was it Bam? Was it Fox? Was it Collins? I put Jalen on there, but he's just such a roller coaster, so I had to take him off. But uh, Aiton, Aiton's the player that you can put in any roster, and they're just better. They're just automatically better. He's gritty. He could be Embiid, but he's just not allowed to be Embiid. But his skill set could be that. He likes to play on the perimeter. He can dribble. He can play face up. He can shoot. I've watched DeAndre Aiton since he was a little kid, and he can actually shoot the three. They just don't let him. He's so fun. Honorable mentions, Bam Adebayo, De'Aaron Fox, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray would be on that list if he was healthy. John Collins, Jalen Brown, Miles Bridges, Mikhail Bridges, and honorable mention Zion.
If you could stop watching one NBA team forever, which team would it be and why? Oh, Magic fan, you know. You know it's you. You know it's you. Who else would it be? Anytime that Julius Randle says, I could not sleep because I lost to this guard, like not a wink of sleep because I lost to this garbage team, that's how bad that team is. Any team that a star says, well, if I was traded there, I would just retire, that's a team you shouldn't be watching. That's a team that should be relegated. That's no shade to Wendell Carter. That's no shade to Cole Anthony. Shout out to his father. Uh, who was a Portland Trailblazer. That's no shade to Jalen Suggs, who I love. I like a lot of these players. The only player I don't like is Jonathan Isaac because he is a menace and he's an anti-vaxxer, but that's a whole other thing. But there's just something about this franchise as a whole that's just a no. It's just if, if that's there's one team that I should not ever watch, that's what it'd be. That's all the time that we have on the Heat Check podcast. We'll be back Monday evening covering all the news from around the weekend. Don't forget to give us a follow at Trista Crick and at This Heat Check on TikTok. Please download, please subscribe, please give us a rating on Spotify and Apple.